Hello and welcome back to another episode of Shane B-Sides. Today we've got a short little episode for you. Uh, We're going to be covering uh, albums that I missed and just didn't talk about uh, between uh, April, May, and June. If you'll remember, back in uh, around the end of March, early April, I did a quarter one where I talked about January, February, and March. Uh, So we're just continuing that. Um, And I don't think we have as many this time as the last time, but I think we've still got about 15 to talk about. And um, these aren't going to be full-on song-by-song reviews or anything. They're just little blurbs about, you know, just how I felt about each album and kind of giving each one a score. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, it's not going to be a super long one, but, uh, first up, uh, I'm starting from my lowest rated and then working my way up. Uh, at the very bottom, uh, we have Super Ache by Conan Gray, which I have at two stars, maybe 2.5 out of five. I'm kind of like in between on it and I don't know. I just feel really old when I hear this. Uh, It sounds extremely like what I imagine high school to be in the 2020s and, you know, no offense to the guy or anything, but it just doesn't really feel uh, meant for me. Um, You know, not that any music has to be. Um, One thing I kind of thought listening to this was this feels like the first of many records in a post- uh, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo World. Um, but the difference is I, I really loved that album and I felt like with that one there was something that took it beyond needing to be younger to understand it. Uh, I just got it anyway. I connected with it. Um, maybe not these specific lyrics, but you know what I mean. Um, the, the other reason I make that comparison is because this feels like we're getting further along into this Gen Z sounding pop music that like flirts with alternative influence and sounds like it sounds like pop music but there's also sort of kind of an edge to it and uh, I don't know I guess I'm not always gonna like that execution even if the theory is fine Um, I don't know I'm kind of talking out of my ass Um, I just don't have very strong positive feelings about this one I, I like I said I just don't think it was made for me um, yeah, that's Conan Gray with Super Ache. And then we have uh, So Far, So Good by the Chainsmokers, which I've got at a 2.5 with a bunch of question marks. Um, I don't know. Getting mad about this music to me is uh, kind of an overreaction um, in a way. Uh, kind of like getting pissed off at a loaf of bread in your pantry. Um it almost feels like it defies a rating because it just it just sounds like music. Uh, it just kind of exists. Um, it just kind of rides along with this, kind of like I was talking about with the Drake album, except I enjoyed that one. This one, I don't know. Um, but it kind of just rides along with this chill, Forever 21, H&M type retail music. Um, you know, synth pop and EDM sounds with weird little vocal effects that are kind of, 
you know, they'll kind of get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. And then trendy little, you know, bleep bloop style drops. Um, I don't know. Some moments I would even say are kind of pleasant and likable, but I don't know. It's just, it kind of exists in that vacuum of the same stuff that you already know. Um, it's just the same kind of millennial and Gen Z music that you kind of expect to hear in the mall. Um, you know, nothing really new for them, but I don't know. It's another instance where people, I'm seeing people give this like a zero out of five or whatever. Like I, I, I think that's being a little bit dramatic. I mean, everybody has their taste, but I don't know. I just, feel, I feel like that's like a little bit extra cause it's not like offensive. It's just, it's just kind of there, but yeah. Um, Moving on from that, we've got Just Mustard with Heart Under, which I've got at a 3 out of 5, I guess. Um, I saw at one point that this was the highest rated 2022 album on Metacritic, which I don't I don't think that lasted uh, very long, but then again, I haven't checked the website in, uh, in a minute. Um, but, you know, because of that really high praise online, naturally, I went into this album expecting a lot and maybe because of that I just felt very whelmed I guess and just I don't know I couldn't find too much to grab onto uh, with this one the instrumentation brooding atmosphere and vocals are interesting and the finished product walks this line between gloomy alternative rock post-punk and shoegaze I don't know. I, I can't really say anything negative about it, but I just don't... I don't know. It's it's another case of just I don't think this is, like, made for me. Uh, and then after that, we've got Jack Harlow with uh, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, which I've got in between a 3 and a 3.5. Uh, this is just a vibey record from Jack Harlow and a sea of a lot of vibey rap records that have come out this year. Um, this is another artist that I, I, I think any hate towards him is pretty dramatic and unnecessary. Um, if you don't like him, then just, you know, don't listen to it. Um, uh, I just feel like it's so inoffensive, kind of like the Chainsmokers, but I definitely think this is a pretty sizable step up from that. Not a huge one, but you know, um, it's just fun, just trap and hip hop meant for riding in the car and just hanging out with your friends and like having like a little party and just wanting to throw on something in the background and I found myself to enjoy some moments a lot like uh, First Class which for some reason people have a problem with the sample uh, with that he sampled Fergie, uh, Fergie. and I, I, I don't know I, I, I just it's another one I, I think people are being just a little too critical of for no real reason uh, and I also like the track uh, Side Piece um this one's pretty good. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really see any major problems with it. Uh, then we've got "It's Almost Dry" by Pusha T, which I've got at a three point five out of five. Um, a pretty nice, solid record from rapper Pusha T, uh, released back in April. Uh, just forgot to get around to uh, get around to it until now. Um, I thought the album cover was originally supposed to be that picture of. Lana Del Rey, um, and then I was kind of surprised when I found out it wasn't, um, but yeah, um, 
I don't know, this isn't an album I think I would go back to a whole lot, but um, there are some really good songs on here. Um, the two songs with Kanye are ironically my favorites, um, especially Dreaming of the Past with the uh, Donny Hathaway, Jealous Guy sample. Um, but I say ironically because apparently he came forward around the time of this album's release and said that these would be his last tracks with Kanye and that they had already been recorded a while ago and was just dis uh, distancing himself from Kanye due to, you know, all of Kanye's uh, public stunts, I guess I'll say, uh, in recent years. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like blown away by it, but it, it's, it's a, it's a good record. Um, then we've got I, I, I guess that's how you say it by Likey Lee or yeah, I guess it's Likey Lee. Um, I honestly don't know much about Licky, uh, Likey Lee, Likey Lee outside of her obvious hit, uh, I Follow Rivers, but I found this to be a pretty pleasant, uh, short, breezy, Overall, very minimal, uh, artsy indie pop record. Um, it's pretty ambient, mostly. Um, there's not a whole lot going on instrumentally, but I think that lets her nice voice shine through. Um, again, not a record that necessarily blows me away, but it's 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 pretty nice. Um, yeah, I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, then we have Spiritualized with Everything Was Beautiful, uh, which I've got kind of around the bridge between 3.5 and uh, 4 out of 5. Um, just a really spacey, psychedelic, wall of sound kind of record with some really heavy 60s pop influence all over it. Um, there are moments on here that sound like if Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys was from a slightly younger generation and uh, was making kind of I mean, he definitely made experimental music uh, with the Beach Boys, but, you know, he he was making experimental music more in, like, a kind of modern sense, I guess I should say. Um, and, of course, I mean that as a high compliment, because I love Brian Wilson and uh, love just good 60s pop uh, influence in general, and I, I think it's... Um, really well executed on this. I would like to go back to this one some more because um, it, it just has all of these ingredients for something that I could really, really love. But And I, I do like it a good bit. But um, yeah, um, probably settle, yeah, 3.5 for right now. Uh, then we've got the Stroppies uh, with Levity, um, which I've also got at a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, just an enjoyable, vibey, jangle pop record with a well-rounded, kind of metallic, post-punk feeling to the production, uh, sometimes quirky instrumentals, uh, traded vocals between a man and a woman that kind of recall Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon. I know that they didn't necessarily invent that, but when you hear that in this kind of alt-rock music, you can't help but think of Sonic Youth. Um, uh, overall, this is good music to just throw on while you get things done around the house. Um, I kind of feel like they have the vibe of one of those bands that you wouldn't know before you go see them at some local place. that, And they actually end up really impressing you. Um, 
yeah, three point five out of five. I think I think it's a, a good record. Um, really like the album cover. I, I think it's pretty cool looking um, with the orange kind of fade on it. Uh, then we've got Zola Jesus with Archon. I don't believe I've ever heard a Zola Jesus album in full, and if I had, I guess it would be the record versions because in high school I somehow found the song Sea Talk and I was pretty obsessed with it. I would listen to it, um, especially really late at night, uh, pretty often. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I had some idea of what her music probably still sounded like. Um, this album is of course less Baroque and art pop and more heavy on the dark wave, almost gothic kind of atmospheric side of things. Um, but also it wasn't like a total left turn from what I remembered. It still sounds like her. I think she's got a really great voice. Um, and overall I dig this one. Um, I would probably lean towards a four out of five on this one. Um, we're getting on up there with our ratings now. Uh, then we've got Empress of with Save Me, uh, which I also have at a four out of five. I've uh, listened pretty casually to Empress of, uh, checking out her album from 2020, and uh, just knowing about her music through her being on one of my favorite Blood Orange tracks, Best to You. And, uh, you know, as far as her own music goes, uh, not collaborating, I think I connected with this EP a lot more than the album from 2020 that I mentioned. Um, it's just a fun, upbeat, dancey, electro-pop EP with hints of house music here and there. And uh, I think she's got a really great, engaging, just electric kind of voice. Uh, yeah, I've got this one out of four out of five. Uh, then we've got Kate Bollinger, I guess that's how you say that, with a look at it in the light. Um, just some breezy, retro, kind of folky bedroom pop uh, with really crisp sounding guitar and drums, uh, along with a relaxing voice. Um, overall, just a good little EP to sit outside listening to on a nice sunny day. Uh, you know, not too hot, but not too cold either. Um, I definitely think this is an artist to watch, um, as this was the only EP uh, I could find of hers on uh, Spotify, but yeah, I have to say I enjoyed this one. I've got it out of four out of five. Uh, then we've got Regina Spector with uh, Home Before and After, which I've also got out of four out of five. Um, this one is uh, definitely a Regina Spector album, um, you know, makes me feel like I'm in a 2000s coming-of-age indie movie. Um, I've thought for years that she's just a really talented lyricist, piano player, and singer, uh, just bringing this really well-rounded, artistic, and heartfelt energy into her music. Um, I've never had a full-on phase with her stuff, necessarily, but I've always really appreciated it and uh, really connected with certain songs, and... Um, I've always thought she was a staple in the 21st century indie world for a very good reason. Um, and there are really great songs on here like Loveology and uh, Space Time Fairy Tale. I like a lot too. Uh, yeah, four out of five for Regina Spector. Then we've got uh, Karen Dalton with Shuck and Sugar. And this is, uh, 
I know I talked about an archival release on the uh, last Loose Ends episode, and this is another one of those. Um, really can't complain about this at all. Um, with such little Karen Dalton material out there, um, any archival release from her is fascinating and fills in some gaps. Um, I believe these recordings are from 1962 to 1964, and uh, overall it's just authentic American music at its core. Uh, some recorded at home and some live, just the woman herself and uh, sometimes her husband at the time and, uh, you know, just playing acoustic guitar, singing these really immortal folk songs with uh, lots of twang in her voice. Um, she's got a really powerful voice. Um, in my opinion, it's just perfect music to listen to in the country at like five or six in the morning. Um, while you're waiting for the sun to rise. Um, and that kind of goes along with uh, the feeling of the rest of her material. Uh, and yeah, like I said, just really fantastic vocals on this, uh, especially uh, the song When I Think of Freedom. And uh, I like her and her husband's uh, take on In the Pines. I thought that was uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, I've got this one at a 4.5 out of 5. Uh, and then we've got Hazel English with Summer Nights, which I have at a 5 out of 5. I think this is a uh, really fantastic EP. Uh, overall, a really good year for EPs. Um, this one takes a bit of a retro 60s and 70s influence and filters it through this really jangly, sunny day, indie dream pop filter with really wonderful vocals that are slightly buried, uh, but in a cool way. Uh, and you also got these infectiously bright and fun electric guitars and just really earworm type catchy choruses. Um, this EP in particular, you know, brought up the indie movie thing with Regina Spector, but this one makes me feel like that as well. But this time, like it takes place on a beach or something. Um, I just think it's a great summer soundtrack, um, you know, appropriately going along with the title Summer Nights. Uh, just meant to be played going down a highway at full volume. Uh, I really highly recommend the tracks Nine Stories, Summer Nights, and Blue Light, especially Nine Stories. Um, but, you know, that's already three tracks out of only five tracks on the EP, so, you know, you should just set aside 15 minutes and check the whole thing out. Um, puts me in a really great mood. Uh, yeah, Hazel English, Summer Nights, five out of five EP, great EP. Uh, and then last up, we've got Ethel Kane with Preacher's Daughter. Uh, this is easily a 5 out of 5. Um, perhaps my biggest regret on this entire show is not paying attention to this record back in May when it came out. But, you know, that's sort of the point of these episodes, to go back and catch up on things and give them a spotlight um, and this is easily the biggest rectification yet, uh, because this record is straight up unbelievable, straight up just incredible. Um, the songwriting is mesmerizing, the instrumentation is mesmerizing and atmospheric, uh, making the absolute most out of electric guitar, pianos, strings, horns, layers of her own backing vocals. It's produced so well, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I think she produced it herself. Um, it just sounds insanely pristine. I've, 
I don't remember the last time I heard a record that just sounded this good. And, you know, as a full listen, I, I get it. It's a slow burn. That's what a lot of people are saying, because um, it's well over an hour long. But to me, that's just because it feels like reading a really good book. And uh, I just can't put the book down. Um, if you just put on a really good pair of headphones, sit outside, maybe take a walk or go on a drive or something and just, you know, listen to the lyrics or if you're in a place to just read along to them um, if you can't really understand what she's saying. And uh, it's, it's just so easy to get lost in this. Um, she paints this dense American landscape based around these open road fantasies that are just so engaging, um, as well as bringing in stories of her own religious and family trauma. And uh, you just get all these nostalgic moving images of growing up in small town life. Um, altogether creating this just incredible cinematic experience that is just what I look for in music ultimately. It's like a gorgeous, just really emotional movie that you watch once and then you can't stop thinking about it for months or even years. Um, and you just go back to it and find more things that just blow you away about it every single time. Um, and of course, if it were in a movie, um, it would have to be set in like the rural middle of nowhere, just way out in the country because she herself is from the country and she owns that. Um, even saying in an interview that if she were to get famous, that she wouldn't bother with moving to a big city like the, you know, the stereotype of uh, an artist getting big and moving to, you know, New York City or LA or Austin, Texas or something. Um, she claims to be happy where she's at, and um, I don't know, just these kind of southern rural images that she pulls into her music really resonate with me uh, as someone who lives in deep North Carolina and always has. Um, as far as a genre goes, I don't even know where to begin to describe this, um, but I would, t you know, to try to put some kind of label on it, I guess I would say it walks the line between Heartland Rock, uh, country, gothic, dream pop, and shoegaze, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I said, uh, there's a lot going on in here, and uh, it's just, it's too difficult to describe. Um, the music itself is just as dense as the writing. Um, there are moments on here that are really light and easy on the ears, um, at times full-on celestial and just making you see your place in the universe and like appreciate being alive, but there are also really dark, disturbing, hellish moments that feel like watching the most disturbing horror movie and just making you look over your shoulder. Uh, you know, there were moments on here that were making me like almost tear up and there were moments that were a lot of fun, but there were also moments where I was, you know, like really loud on a pair of headphones. I was kind of like looking around really nervously. And, uh, yeah, th this thing is just, it it's just fantastic. Uh, there are wicked emotional guitar solos all over it and moments where she just lets out these super cathartic screams and really intense vocal runs that leave me breathless. Uh, She's honestly one of the best vocalists I've ever heard. Uh, I I can't believe some of the notes that she hits on here. Um, 
some of them were like making me jump in my seat the first time I listened to this. Uh, yeah, I, I saw people hyping this record up online for a while and I never got around to it, but now I've fully given in. And um, I do have to give thanks to my love, Hannah, for making me aware of Ethel Kane because this was just a mind-blowing experience. Um, and, you know, me and her have just been gushing about uh, gushing about her music uh, ever since, you know, we both got into her. Um, like I said, thanks to Hannah. Um, I want to be able to do a deep song-by-song -song reading of this when I've spent more time with it because, like I said, there's just so much going on here. Um, I most likely will when I do my year-end uh, albums ranking. Uh, year's already flying by. It's honestly kind of funny because last year when I started the show, uh, as you know, I picked Pale Horse Rider by Corey Hansen as my favorite album of the year, and that was an album that, because of me starting the show kind of midway through the year, that was an album that I didn't even do like a proper review on like I do with so many other albums, and it ended up being my number one, and you know, I'm not saying this is my number one yet, but it is going to be really high up there. I, I don't know a whole lot that can compete with this. Um, but of course, I, I don't I don't want to make that decision yet. It's only July. Um, yeah, just please check this thing out, though. Um, there are some tracks I absolutely have to shout out, like uh, American Teenager, which is anthemic, bitter, uh, bitter, Bittersweet Pop Candy, uh, House in Nebraska, which is just chilling, uh, insane guitar solo on that, uh, Gibson Girl, which uh, reminds me of Lana a lot, pretty uh, disturbing song, um, Strangers is amazing, Sunbleached Flies is really emotional, and uh, lastly, I, I want to shout out the song Thoroughfare, which I think is one of the best songs of the entire decade so far. Uh, maybe my favorite song of the year. Um, it almost made me cry the first time I heard it uh, due to her extremely passionate vocal performance, the storytelling of this open road romance, um, and the gorgeous rugged Americana type instrumentation. Uh, it just paints such a vivid, beautiful image of just like I said earlier, just being out on the open road, like seeing sunsets and staying in different motels, that's just the energy of the song. Um, but, you know, really, all of the tracks on here have something incredibly special. Um, it's one of those records where I find a new song to get hooked on every time I listen. Um, I just love it so much. Um, the other day, I actually listened to it for like the 10th time um, in the middle of this really wild thunderstorm. Um, I'm talking like intense wind and uh, just a complete downpour and it was just a really perfect cinematic moment uh, which you know this album itself is. Um, I hope she'll continue to blow up and get the credit and experience she deserves because I, I think we've got one of the next just fantastic American just of the earth songwriters um, right here. I, I, I love this record so much. I, I think it's phenomenal. Um, easily a five out of five. That's Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. And that's gonna do it for the quarter two loose ends. 
thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to uh, everyone who has supported me doing this um, you know sometimes I have a little bit of trouble keeping up with this just because life gets so hectic and chaotic but at the end of the day music is my biggest passion and uh, I, I'm just I'm really grateful to live in a time where I can just, you know, produce this own show like by myself and just put this out there and, you know, just show it to my friends and, um, you know, just, just try to talk about things that I'm really passionate about. Um, I'm just really happy to be alive and, uh, really happy that you're alive too, uh, whoever's listening and, uh, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day and, uh, yeah, thanks so much.